Welcome to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pamela and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Make sure you check us out by clicking on the Harshman Travel Radio Show link on buildingfortunesradio.com. That's www.buildingfortunesradio.com. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. You might have a chance of working with them in their business ventures and your travel plan. So listen in and enjoy the journey. Now on to our Building Fortunes Radio Show with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingle. Let's get started, Peter. Hello, everyone. Peter Mingles here. You're listening to us on Building Fortunes Radio. It's www.buildingfortunesradio. It's a Friday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It is the time we do the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment. We've been doing this since almost the beginning of time <laughs> on Building Fortunes Radio. It started a long time ago, and uh, we've been doing, like I said, for this a long time. Pam was a customer of ours, and uh, short story, I asked her to be a guest host when we first got started with Building Fortunes Radio, because I needed some really good guest hosts, I knew I couldn't do all the radio shows by myself, and I said, you know, Pam, you're really good at what you do. You help people build home-based businesses. You, you're the right person. You have the integrity, blah, blah, blah. And then she informed me that she was not going to be doing the traditional home-based businesses anymore. She was going to move towards becoming a travel agent. And I said, wow, that's kind of interesting. Threw me off a little bit, but wait a minute. Um, our crowd likes to travel. I mean, that's on our wish list, our bucket list. I mean, that's one of our goals. So it'd be great to have like an in-house, if you will, Building Fortunes Radio Travel Agency. So harshmantravel.com is where you want to go for all of your travel needs, harshmantravel.com. And if you go back to buildingfortunesradio.com forward slash harshman or harshman travel, you'll be able to find those radio shows we've done in the past. Well, I'm super excited, of course, that it's Groundhog Day, and the groundhog, <laughs> the groundhog did not see his shadow, which means spring is coming sooner. And although I'm all over that, you know, so come on, let's get outside, let's go cruising, let's do whatever you're going to do, because spring is happening a little bit earlier this year, according to that groundhog, and that's enough of an excuse that I need to be able to say, you know, take a look at whatever your agenda might be like later this year or maybe even into the next couple of years um, and go take those cruises. We focus a lot on cruising, although there's more to travel than just cruising. Cruising seems to be like one of the best values you could ever have um, as far as your travel dollars expenses uh, are concerned. So probably the most versatile, the, the best economical, I think, some of the uh, the best experiences you could ever have, and uh, so go for it. So what I'd like to do on these radio shows is I want you to get comfortable with Pam and Ron Harshman, their backgrounds, so you could see if you give them your hard-earned dollars for your vacation, they're going to find you the best possible vacation, be there for you when you need them, if you need them. You know, if you're stuck at an airport or you're stuck at whatever and you need somebody to be able to call, you want to be able to call somebody who's going to remember who you are when you call, not just look for you on, you know, some computer screen. So the reality is, is I want you to have the same level of enthusiasm for Pam and Ron, and then we'll do a commercial break. After the commercial break, Ron always comes back and gives us the newest news and greatest news of the travel industry, and uh, we'll do that, like I said, right after that commercial break. But true to form, I just want to say, Pam, thanks for being here on your own radio show, and tell us about your background. Hey, Peter, it's good to be here, and happy Groundhog Day. You know, we earlier, 
said that the radio show has been going on for the ends of time. You know you're it has 80, been. don't you? You're <laughs> 80 now. <laughs> I know. That's uh, all good. Anyway, a little bit about my background. I started my working years as a 911 dispatcher up in the Pacific Northwest, and I eventually worked myself up into court administration. Loved my work and uh, very satisfying. However, I met my husband, who happened to live all the way cross-country down in sunny Florida. So needless to say, I moved down here to be with him. And once down here, I didn't want to uh, be punching a clock so much. So I was looking for something that I could do uh, more independently and hopefully work from home rather than having to go into the office every day. Uh, eventually, I ended up getting my realtor's license and followed that with my broker's license and sold real estate in South Florida for several years. But uh, just kind of wasn't my niche, so I went back and got my life and health insurance license and ended up selling uh, Medicare supplements to the senior population. Absolutely loved it. I had so much fun. They, I never knew what there was going to happen every day. I would have my appointments and I would go out and sometimes it would be, uh, you know, the ladies were all set up and ready and we'd end up having a, like a tea party or I'd have several couples or, you know, just one person. But I never knew. And so it was... Uh, a lot of fun and at the same time very rewarding because, uh, in my opinion, what you decide to do with your health care um, as you get up in those upper years um, is the, probably the most important decision you're going to make because uh, that's going to carry you through the rest of your life. And if you, you know, kind of slough off and don't make the right decisions, then you're Healthcare is uh, compromised. Let's put it that way. Anyway, um, so uh, one day I was out on my travels, and one of my friends gave me a phone call and just asked out of the blue if Ron and I had ever uh, thought about being travel agents, and it just kind of threw me for a loop. Um, you know, we had just been talking about that and uh, comparing bucket lists and trying to decide where we wanted to go since we were, you know, empty nester baby boomers and we did have some disposable income and we both were able to make our own schedule. So, you know, doing some travel was right up there. So when she said that, it just threw me aback, and I couldn't wait to get home and talk to Ron. And once I did, we started looking things up on the Internet and making a pros and cons list and, you know, really thinking about it. And once we decided to move forward, we got all of the education we could get our hands on as well as all the proper licensures. And in the long run, I have to say, we probably have done a whole lot more travel than we would have otherwise, and at the same time helped a lot of other folks stretch their travel dollars. 
that is until the C word, which was COVID. And once COVID hit, it was like a uh, stop everything. Everything froze in the whole travel industry uh, worldwide. I mean, it was not just the U.S. It was the whole country. And so lucky for us, it is... Uh, we're over that hump, and travel is coming back, and it is coming back stronger than ever because they had uh, foresight to see that uh, people were going to want to get moving and enjoy themselves again after all the shutdowns, and uh, the industry is doing great, and we're all back traveling and uh, getting folks signed up for all their vacation needs, and we're totally enjoying ourselves, so uh, it's been a win-win all the way around for us. Excellent. Okay, good. And Ron, over to you. All right. Thanks, Peter. Good to be uh, with you again this week. Um, my background is very different from Pam's. Spent many, many years as a licensed clinical psychologist, very heavily involved, obviously, in my own clinical practice, uh, my own clinical work and uh, eventually uh, private practice, but uh, I also uh, spent a lot of time and had a lot of involvement in the self-regulatory aspect of the profession. When I first started out, a very good friend of mine and a mentor uh, suggested to me that uh, once I got uh, going, it would be important for me to get involved uh, with the uh, Provincial Association of Psychologists, and uh, she felt that I had a lot to uh, contribute, but uh, also that it would be very good for me to see the inner workings of uh, what really goes on behind the scenes and what very few professionals, regardless of the profession, uh, ever get to experience. Uh, most professionals whether lawyers, doctors, dentists, uh, whatever, um, join their uh, professional association, pay their annual dues, uh, possibly go to their uh, annual uh, convention, but really have very little knowledge and or involvement in the behind-the-scenes uh, workings of the profession, uh, the whole self-regulatory aspect ethics boards, uh, meeting with uh, regulators and uh, government officials, et cetera, et cetera. So it really was uh, a good uh, suggestion. I uh, followed up uh, with uh, her suggestion, got heavily involved in the provincial association, sat on their board of directors, and uh, eventually got involved with the uh, national association, the Canadian association, Canadian Psychological Association, and uh, was very uh, involved there, but very, very fortunate as well. I was uh, fortunate enough to be elected as chair of the Applied Division, so I was on the board of directors, sat on several ethics committees, uh, professional affairs committees, uh, government interaction committees, etc., and uh, really felt very uh, good about that involvement and uh, at the or near the end of my career was uh, very honored to be elected as a lifetime uh, fellow 
of the uh, Canadian Psychological Association. So it was all uh, all very interesting and good in terms of uh, my training in both undergraduate and graduate schools. Uh, we had a number of professors who really stressed that if we were thinking of going into private practice before we did that, it would be extremely important to uh, get as much varied experience as we could working with different uh, clinical uh, populations, different situations, et cetera, because when you're in private practice, you uh, let people know you're seeing patients, you hang up your single, et cetera, but you really uh, most times have uh, very little, if any, control over who calls you to set an appointment, uh, what their life situation is, what problems they're facing, what they're looking to you to help them with. And if their whole life situation is uh, Greek to you, you know nothing about it, it's uh, like from a different world, you can really end up doing a lot more harm than good. And uh, I took that advice very uh, much to heart and uh, even in uh, my undergraduate years, started working for pretty much every one of the social service delivery systems. I wanted to get as much varied clinical experience as I could, and uh, I was successful in doing that uh, across the whole gamut, uh, corrections, uh, community-based, as well as institutional uh, involvement, uh, mental health uh, associations, uh, psychiatric hospitals, drug and alcohol, uh, really the whole gamut. And I felt very good when I did go into private practice because I felt uh, prepared to uh, really see any patient and uh, be of assistance to them. Uh, after spending some time in private practice, I gradually moved to specializing with young couples doing a lot of uh, marital, premarital uh, counseling, a lot of sexual counseling, uh, a lot of work with uh, kids, learning disabilities, etc. And, uh, you know, one of the aspects of working with that population meant that I very quickly found myself in several uh, court situations uh, where I was involved and being called in as an expert in child custody disputes. And unfortunately, I saw a lot of these uh, young couples who had grown up in the throwaway society. If you don't, you know, if it doesn't work, throw it away. If you don't like it, get out of it. If the marriage isn't working, dump it, etc. And uh, that was, you know, basically their own decision. I mean, they were entitled to that. But what I saw that I didn't like was that a lot of these uh, young kids were immature and uh, saw their own children as the last battleground where they could inflict pain on their about to become ex-spouse. And as a result, many of the child custody disputes were very ugly and a lot of uh, accusations and threats uh, going both directions. And uh, I, I got very, very heavily involved in that arena. Uh, and after a while, uh, I got together with a number of other uh, professionals, uh, 
clinical social workers as well as clinical psychologists because the court systems, both in Canada and here in the States, uh, started taking a very dramatic uh, change of direction. Up until that time, if they had a young couple going through divorce and there were young children involved and there was a dispute over custody, the courts almost always gave custody to mommy, visitation to daddy. And although that worked in many situations, we started seeing many, many situations, too many situations, where not only was it not working, but it was really causing some uh, very negative uh, effects and, and harm. And as a result of that, the court systems made a dramatic change. They uh, came out with the decision that uh, any decision with regard to child custody and access had to be based on the psychological best interests of the children involved. And that was a great decision, um, but it forced a number of uh, professionals, me included, to really work hard at putting together a standardized approach to doing a child custody investigation. Uh, you know, who do you interview? What are you looking for? How do you present in court, etc.? And uh, we became very, very involved in that process. I was one of the first psychologists in Canada to be approved by the Supreme Court as an expert in child custody and um, was involved in many, many cases uh, and really felt good about what I was doing. It was very, very heavy work, as you can imagine, very difficult situations. Um, but we really made a, a very significant uh, impact. Anyhow, uh, when Pam and I got together, after a short while, we decided to semi-retire. We moved from southeast Florida over to southwest Florida, began uh, raising alpacas. As Pam indicated, she uh, became involved in the uh, home-based business, multi-level marketing uh, arena. Uh, and although I wasn't involved with her, I was fully supportive of her doing that. But when she came home and suggested that we really look seriously at becoming travel professionals, uh, travel, you know, travel consultant professionals, uh, it really struck a nerve for both of us. Uh, we really thought that that would be something that we would uh, enjoy doing and we could do very well. We made the decision if we were going to do it right, we would do it, or if we were going to do it, we would do it the right way. Uh, we would get all the training that we needed, we would get all the licensing, uh, et cetera. But we would also spend the time and the effort involved to find those travel vendors uh, that we felt comfortable representing and working with and supporting because they had the same attitude towards their uh, customers as we had uh, towards our clients and wanting to give them the uh, the best uh, deals that they could, the best value for their uh, travel time and money. Uh, so we did that, became very involved in uh, professional cruise uh, association, and uh, it has worked out very, very well for us. Uh, when COVID hit, as uh, Pam uh, indicated, um, everything really came to a halt, but uh, we were optimistic 
during that time in the prognostications that uh, uh, Peter and I made in terms of uh, the travel industry, coming back better and stronger than ever before, uh, have really proven to be correct, and uh, we are seeing that more and more as we uh, go forward and uh, see a very, very major expansion of the travel industry, uh, and in particular the cruise industry. So after the uh, break, I will certainly fill you in on some uh, interesting things that happened this week. Excellent. Okay. And you'll be able to have as much time as you want. Make sure you check them out. Go to HarshmanTravel.com, HarshmanTravel.com. You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle. This special segment can be heard again with almost any device connected to the Internet by going to BuildingFortunesRadio.com. That's www.BuildingFortunesRadio.com. Listen in often and get to know Pam and Ron. Go to the BuildingFortunesRadio.com website to listen in to the show. No matter where you're at in life, you can benefit by listening to and by working with Pam and Ron. Let them book your next cruise, vacation getaway, or group event. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio and witness their ability to pursue their dreams in the field they love. Thanks for listening. And now, back to the Harshman Travel Radio Show. So make sure you check them out. Go to Harshman Travel and run over to you for the good news. Alrighty, thanks, Peter. We'll start off with some uh, not-so-good news, but uh, good news in terms of the uh, cruise uh, industry doing the right thing. This week, Carnival Corporation said that it had made the decision to reroute itineraries for 12 different ships uh, across seven of their brands, which were scheduled to transit the Red Sea through May 2024 and they uh, really felt that this would have some major uh, cost to them um, in terms of uh, revenues, etc. But they, uh, they said that they really felt an obligation to their uh, passengers um, to um, just avoid uh, the whole thing. So uh, they, they have made the decision to reroute, and they are not uh, scheduled to do anything in the Red Sea uh, through November and uh, see, you know, obviously at that time what the uh, the situation is. So I know I spoke about that uh, our last radio show, and I just wanted to let people know the follow-up of that. Uh, there was some very, very good news financially that came out this week. Obviously, we're at the time when the uh, cruise lines are reporting their uh, fiscal situations as of the end of 2023. And the uh, president and CEO of the uh, Royal Caribbean Group, um, which is uh, three different uh, cruise cruise, uh, lines, um, they uh, basically uh, said, uh, and he was very optimistic about this, and I'm going to just quote his uh, statement because I think it is very uh, telling of how uh, they are looking at things. He said, every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that resonates so strongly and makes such a widespread impact that it forever changes the status quo. 
for the vacation industry, that product, Icon of the Seas, debuted last week to incredible fanfare, he said. Calling the launch a monumental achievement, he added that the Royal Caribbean Group is committed to delivering the best vacation experience responsibly. Uh, The Icon is going to deliver the best family vacation on the planet, he said, noting that the ship offers incredible experiences and an amazing crew. And uh, we have talked about that a little bit uh, previously on other uh, shows, that they have really come up with some fantastic programs on board. Uh, This is the largest ship uh, in the world, and uh, they are really um, going all out. It is a liquid natural gas-powered vessel, um, and uh, it accommodates over 5,600 passengers at double occupancy. And um, they are talking about uh, two new ships uh, that are already committed uh, for by Royal Caribbean. The Star of the Seas will be coming out in 2025, and they have not yet named the uh, ship that is scheduled for uh, 2026. But um, to follow up on that, uh, you know, announcement by the uh, president and CEO, uh, the the, uh, books came out and the Royal Caribbean group uh, said that 2024 has opened with the strongest booked position in the company's history from both a pricing and volume standpoint. Um, he said that the uh, quarter, the company's fourth quarter and year-end earnings uh, were just phenomenal and that their momentum continues into 2024 with a record-breaking start. Uh, bookings have consistently outpaced last year across all key products at much higher rates And in fact, the five highest booking weeks in the company's history all occurred since the last earnings call, which means the uh, last of the third quarter. So uh, they were up uh, 8.5% year over year. And uh, obviously, um, Royal Caribbean uh, believes that they are in uh, a pretty good position compared to what things were looking like uh, during the COVID years. Um, so that's, uh, that is very good to see. Uh, it's always nice when, uh, you know, planned prognostications uh, get proved uh, over time. So that was good. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines uh, has come out and they have revealed new Eastern and Western Caribbean itineraries for the Norwegian Getaway and the Norwegian Epic, and they are going to be going out of New Orleans and Port Canaveral. So these are ships that uh, were in Europe, and they're uh, cutting back on the uh, Europe uh, sessions, but they are fully uh, committed here, uh, and particularly in uh, the uh, Caribbean. 
um, and uh, their uh, president of uh, New uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines uh, said that the Caribbean continues to be a hot spot for our guests all around the world, especially during the fall and winter seasons, and uh, they're currently or constantly looking to provide their guests with the best best vacation possible. So uh, you've got the president of uh, Norwegian saying that they are going to have the best uh, vacation possible for their guests, and uh, the president of Royal Caribbean uh, made the same comment. So obviously that's the goal, and we've got two of the major corporations uh, really going all out to uh, make those prognostications come true. Uh, other interesting thing that happened uh, this week, Carnival Cruise Line's newest ship, the Carnival Jubilee, was fueled with liquefied natural gas for the first time at its Gulf Coast home port before sailing uh, on December the 30th. And uh, that was out of the port of Galveston, and uh, we have talked before about how Galveston is uh, really uh, doing very, very well. And in fact, uh, I've got an announcement that came out, <coughs> excuse me, from the uh, Port of Galveston uh, people that uh, are running that. Uh, they reported preliminary revenues of $67.4 million in 2023 and a net operating income of $24.5 million. Uh, and they say that, that represents the highest revenue and net operating income in the port's history. So uh, that uh, they went on to say that translates to a 27.5% increase in revenue and 55.4% increase in net operating income uh, compared to the previous year. So it's nice to see um, that not only are the cruise lines coming back, but obviously it's important that uh, the support of the cruise lines uh, you know, gets the same uh, kind of positive swing. And uh, we are definitely seeing that uh, with a number of the uh, ports uh, that are really major for the uh, various cruise lines. Um, Nassau Cruise Port welcomed the Icon of the Seas on its inaugural uh, call to Nassau on January the 18th, and uh, they put on a special uh, Junkanoo performance by the music makers Junkanoo Group. <laughs> and uh, they made a, a very a special inaugural ceremony. And again, this is so nice to see how the cruise lines do interact with the people behind the ports uh, in terms of not only the vendors who uh, have their uh, life income depending on uh, cruise passengers, but also uh, the uh, ports of call themselves, and uh, really working together to make uh, the cruise experience 
just the, the best that it can be. Um, like Peter was saying, or like you were saying, Peter, the idea that uh, cruising is the uh, best value for uh, vacation uh, money, uh, uh, there's no question uh, that that is, uh, is, is true. Um, that uh, when you consider what the person gets uh, from <clears throat> uh, their cruise experience uh, and uh, the value that their dollar brings when they take a vacation uh, on a cruise, there is just no comparison. And it's uh, nice to see that things are <clears throat> excuse me, um, coming back um, bigger and better, <clears throat> excuse me, than, uh, than ever before. And uh, that uh, was certainly not expected by many people, but um, it is uh, very nice to, uh, to see. Um, cost of cruise lines um, is uh, going to, uh, to be having a very special 2026 World Cruise, and they are now <clears throat> open for booking. Uh, the uh, journey around the globe touches 34 countries across six continents, and um, they will uh, really be departing November 21st, 2025 from Italy, and uh, going worldwide, and if people are interested in uh, booking that cruise, uh, we'll be happy to, uh, to help you do that. Um, one other thing that I wanted to say, Carnival Cruise Lines, I, I found this very comical. Uh, their president, uh, Christine Duffy, um, had a... Uh, very special uh, christening of one of their ships, and she wore a pair of Carnival Jubilee boots, and uh, these became very, very um, much the talk of the town, and uh, Carnival just announced that uh, they are going to have an auction for another pair of boots made by the same um, manufacturer, and uh, the boots cost about $8,000, um, but they are auctioning this uh, off, um, and the money that they uh, collect is uh, going to military families, and uh, Carnival will announce the highest pledged donation to Operation Homefront and the winner of the boots at Carnival Ghibli's official naming ceremony. <laughs> so uh, if you want a pair of uh, fancy uh, boots, uh, cowboy boots, that were made very uh, special for the president of uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, you can have the identical boots made uh, exactly for you. And... Uh, they're saying if the winning bid exceeds $10,000, uh, 
uh, Carnival is going to add a seven-day cruise in a balcony stateroom on the Carnival Jubilee uh, for the person who uh, uh, is the top bidder for these boots. So um, kind of interesting. Anyhow, that's uh, about what was going on this week. We uh, continue to see uh, many of the ports of call uh, announcing uh, vast uh, improvements and expansions. We see all of the cruise lines uh, coming up with uh, very attractive and, uh, and amazing uh, offers and uh, uh, benefits to taking the cruise. And uh, we're, we're just very, very pleased to see the uh, remarkable comeback uh, because uh, throughout those COVID years, the, few, the three years where nothing was going on, uh, the cruise lines obviously made the commitment, each of them, uh, to do whatever was necessary to both meet uh, government requirements, but also to uh, enhance their own ships and uh, do what was necessary to uh, withstand the uh, tremendous loss of revenue and uh, come back bigger and stronger and better than ever before. And uh, they're doing that. So it's nice to see. Excellent information. Are you going uh, so, to bid on those boots, uh, Peter? Oh, no, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say I'm going to save that for other people, so I don't want to take advantage of that situation. We'll let other people overbid on those boots, but you know that's what uh, that's what money's for. So the cool thing is, is that th the thing that's really enjoyable is hearing is how an industry is just really booming back after the COVID experience, and a lot more people are just basically going on cruises. So there's lots of reasons to check out HarshmanTravel.com. Um, it sounds like there's there's something new going on all the time. And whether it's a big cruise, like those mother of all ships, like that icon of the seas, which would be an experience, or whether it's a riverboat cruise. We haven't spoken about riverboat cruises recently, um, but um, if it's any one of those, I mean, cruising is where it's at. So check them out on Harshman Travel Radio. So happy Groundhog Day, and we'll see everybody next week on Building Fortunes Radio. Thanks, everyone. Take care, everybody. Have a safe week. You've been listening to the Harshman Travel Radio Show segment on Building Fortunes Radio with your hosts, Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle. Be sure to check out the buildingfortunesradio.com website to hear previous radio shows with Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Meagle. Pam and Ron's success as entrepreneurs has allowed them to pursue their passion in the travel industry. Listen to Harshman Travel Radio Show and learn about Pam and Ron as they discover the joy that comes from being part of the travel industry. It's been our privilege to have you listen in. Pam and Ron Harshman and Peter Mingles and I want to say thanks for listening and ask you to spread the word, tell a friend, join our newsletter, and go make a difference in your world.